Welcome to the Jenny Catron Leadership Podcast, brought to you by Foresight. At Foresight, we are cultivating healthy leaders to lead thriving organizations. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. Please enjoy the rest of our show. Well, hey guys, welcome to the podcast today. I'm Jenny Katrin, your host, and uh, we're continuing our conversation on culture. Uh, a lot of you have been telling us how much you've appreciated the, just the the detail and just more info behind what we mean when we're talking about team culture. And uh, and of course, you know, I love the conversation. So we're continuing that today. And I have my friend and guest, Jennifer Martin, joining me. She is the executive pastor of ministries at North Rock Church in San Antonio, Texas. And I've known Jennifer for about four years. Um, we first connected at one of our women's intensives uh, for women in leadership. She was a part of that. And um, instant, like, fast friends because we're both Enneagram threes. And um, so we can, we get a lot done when we're together. That's what really happens. So we connected then and then uh, we've stayed in touch. I've been able to come and visit North Rock and spend some time with their team. And, uh, and then we've stayed in touch doing some coaching throughout the last couple of years. And I wanted Jennifer to join us today. And I'm going to let you guys hear from her in a minute, but I wanted her to join us today because she's done some really deliberate work with the culture of her team. And I wanted you to hear a lot of the practical things she's doing as a leader to really just create, define that healthy culture and create the systems and the pathways that enable it to be uh, really implemented throughout the whole organization. So Jennifer, thanks for joining us. I'd love for you to give us just give, give a little more picture of who you are and uh, your involvement at Northrock. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, this is super exciting for me. Uh, yeah, I am one of uh, one of the executive pastors at Northrock, and uh, my husband and I have been on the Northrock team since day one. We helped plant the church here in San Antonio, um, and it's been nothing like what we imagined. Um, and when I moved here, all that you know, eleven years ago, twelve years ago, I could have never imagined what my role would turn into and what that would look like at Northrock. And over that time, the the different areas that that I've gotten to serve in and and was able to be a part of and now stepping into this executive role. What I've loved um, in just, you know, getting to know you and is the story of you guys were there from the beginning, you know, so you came along, pastors Jonathan and Alicia, correct? And uh, you and your husband, Matt, were there really from the beginning. And I think that's really important to know too, because, you know, one of the things we talk about a lot is that especially when you're one of the founding leaders, you culture so intuitive to you that you don't really recognize, you know, as, as you go through stages of growth, how critical it is that you actually do what I've called, what I call moving from caught to taught that, you know, we just kind of expect everybody gets the culture. Cause when you're there from the ground up, like you just know it, you feel it, you breathe it, it just oozes out of you. But as the organization grows, it becomes much more challenging, much more difficult for people to just kind of uh, absorb and catch culture. We have to move towards teaching it. Can you talk about that season for you guys and what, you know, like kind of that moment you knew, oh, we've got we've to get more intentional here? Absolutely. So yeah, whenever you start and plan a church, you're doing everything like you're in every part of it. And you are part uh, of every service. You see the same people. So the culture is caught because um, you're not having to worry about multiple services and multiple locations. So everything that you're doing, you're able to catch things quickly if it's not what you want. As the organization grows and you, you, 
start navigating multiple staff members and multiple services, all of a sudden you realize it's not sustainable um, and things that we thought were naturally going to be caught aren't. And you turn around and look and, you know, things that you would never want to happen actually are happening. And so, yeah, that, that's, that's probably where we're at right now. Well, and I think um, I, I always talk it about talk about it as that that season where all of a sudden we can't get around the lunch table together, right? Like one, you know, once you get to a size where the whole team can't sit around the lunch table together, and and you know, and be able to just like and and be in the same office space. You know, small teams usually were in some small little hole in the wall office, like figuring it out and making it happen. And uh, once you eclipse that that's when you really start to see some of the things just kind of come undone a little bit. And, you know, and I laugh because it'll be simple things like literally I've worked with an organization where, you know, the, the senior pastor came in and was like, why are the baseboards white instead of black or vice versa? And to him, it was so natural, like why we would do something, you know, why the baseboards would be black instead of white or whatever. And, but to the, you know, the person who just come in, and I know that sounds like a really silly example, but that's the kind of stuff it typically is. It's not like the major things go off the rails. It's sometimes the simple things that just feel so intuitive to us as senior leaders that start to drift. And we're like, why, why, why are we doing that that way? You know, why are we, um, why are we not walking people, you know, to uh, the kids ministry area instead of pointing, right? Like simple, like hospitality things that sometimes just start to drift because people have lost that sense of why that value is so significant and, and how we live out that value. And so as, you know, those of you who are listening, as you start thinking through, what are some of those things that are really important to us that we just naturally do as leaders, but they start to, you know, as the organization grows, not everybody is with us to see it, experience it, and catch why we do things the way we do them. And that's where I see culture start to um, unravel a little bit is that the team are no longer able to just observe and catch why the senior leader does things the way they do them. And that's when we have to move to uh, creating some systems, processes, documenting, defining what culture really looks like. So you guys did some really phenomenal work. You specifically led through this, Jennifer, of creating a culture guide. Because, you know, as you mentioned, it was you know, as the team is growing and as things are expanding, multiple services, now multiple campuses, you just started to see some of like some little things starting to drift. Talk about that a little bit. And then I'd love to hear even just like practically what it looked like for you guys to build your culture guide. Absolutely. So yeah, um, it's it's like what you said, you know, I walked in uh, one of our campuses one day and someone is greeting me and they're holding a cup of coffee. Well, you know, from day one, we, you know, one of our, our culture pieces is hands-free. Um, and, and it's like, okay, we're in year 12 and there's someone standing at a door holding a cup of coffee. How does this happen? So yeah, we, we saw a need um, to create something tangible that talked about our culture that led us into the taught piece. And as our staff grew, we, we brought 10 new staff members on within about a seven month period. And some of those were from inside, some of those were from outside, but it didn't matter where they came from, they came in out of alignment. And so figuring out how to align them with the things that were important to us. And we said one of the ways that we could do this was a culture guide, something that we could put in their hand that, that basically said who we are, what what's important to us, um, and that they could reference and, and go back to and say, okay, you know, this is important to North Rocks. So let me make sure that this is part of everything that I do. Um, I so want to pause on that one because I, I want everybody to catch, you were onboarding 
10 new staff and your staff was how, how big at that point? Um, we were onboarding 10. It had been 12. Let's see. It, yeah, it had been 12. No, it had been 10 and we onboarded 10. You were doubling, like doubling their staff. And, you know, I, I, I probably talked about this on other episodes, but every person who's a part of your team influences culture. You know, because culture is a living, living and breathing thing. It's like every human that comes on the team is going to shape that culture. And again, if we don't know what we're trying to align them to, then all of a sudden culture starts going sideways really, really quickly. And uh, so I, I just want people to notice that was a, like, that was a big undertaking to go, we're going to have 10 new people joining this team and knowing that every person is going to, and, and I'm not saying that we're looking for robots because we do want everybody to bring their fingerprint to the team in the unique ways that they're gifted. But uh, we do need to make sure that they really do share those core values with us and they understand how we live out those values. That's one of those distinctives too that I think a lot of times we can talk about things that we value, but until we put a little more clarity around what that looks like here, because hospitality in one place can look a little different than hospitality in another or excellence in one environment may be interpreted differently by a leader in another environment. And so I just, I wanted to make note of that because that was no small feat and kind of was a forcing function to say, we've got to get this culture stuff out of our heads and into something where we can really make sure everybody who's coming on our team, both staff and volunteers really see that picture. Fair enough. So Walk us through, give us a little, give everybody a picture of what the culture guide looks like and some of what you put in there. Yeah, so the culture guide was fun. It was actually a, a, a lot of fun to do. Um, I had received a copy another church had done, and I, I basically looked at that and said, oh, that's, that's doable um, fairly quickly, and it needed to move fairly quickly for us. We saw the need to, bo- to, to move quickly on that. So, yeah, what it looks like is basically it, it's a bound document, basically a booklet. It's about 30 pages and it starts out and, and basically says, um, it starts out with a table of, of contents and then moves into like North Rock, like how you spell North Rock. It's one word, but we capitalize the N and the R. Um, and that, you know, that's one of those pieces that someone who's coming in, uh, from another organization or, or another, um, ministry opportunity, like North Rock just sounds like I'm going to write it and capitalize the N. They don't know to capitalize the R and that's not something that you think to teach, you know, or mention in onboarding or whatever. And so it was just, and even at our volunteer level, when you send an email, this is how it should look in the email so that it's cons- consistent. So it was just little pieces as well as big pieces for us and, and making sure. Um, and so then it, it basically leads into um, the story of North Rock and how that got started. And and for us, it, it was a beautiful story of our pastor passing through San Antonio and he topped a hill. And when he looked out, it was a sea of rooftops. And when he saw that sea of rooftops, he was so overcome. He pulled over on the side of the road and, and was just overwhelmed. And God placed that in his heart. It was important to us that everybody know what the rooftops meant. We referenced the rooftops. And so when you hear the rooftops to know what that meant to our organization. Um, and so from there, we basically just, just went through the four things that we do um, as a church, our core values, things that are important as a staff member that you know, phrases that we say, um, and what those mean. Basically, from there, it kind of goes into cultural language, 
um, things we we don't say volunteer. Instead, we say rock star. Um, just some things like that. We we have a few phrases. We don't say um, the main campus. Instead, we say the Stone Oak campus. Uh, just a few little things like that. But they are big culture pieces that we wanted to make sure that all the way down our organization from staff, all the way down our pipeline, our volunteer pipeline, that they knew the things that were important to Northrock. We also felt like it was going to help us replicate Northrock as we launch more campuses in the future. So good. And um, there's just a few things that I was like scribbling down as you were talking about it, because I mean, what I love is the level of detail and clarity. And, you know, when you and I were talking earlier, you said that it really wasn't that like extenuous of a process for the senior leaders to, to get it out. It was just, you had to get it out of your heads and onto paper and, but it was in you. So it was like, okay, what, what is just in us that needs to come out? Cause we need other people to hear it. And that's so like, it seems so obvious when we say it right now, but it's funny how it doesn't, it isn't obvious when you're in the thick of it. Right. But you said, you know, things like what we do, what we say, what we value, the language piece, all of those things are shaping culture. And that that's one of the key things that, you know, when we talk about team culture, it isn't just about the perks and the fun stuff. It's really understanding our DNA as an organization and bringing some clarity to that so that our team members know what it means to, to uh, be a part of this team and be uh, congruent with who we are as an organization. You know, uh, one of the things we talk about in the foresight like process is that uh, it's a, it's a combination of it, purpose, culture, and strategy. And so purpose is that why. It's who we are, what we do, and more importantly, why we do it. And then culture has to be built upon that. And then strategy and like our, uh, becomes more of an out- overflow and an outcomes. But if culture is not deliberately tied to that sense of purpose and who we are, you start to see schisms organizationally. And then it becomes really difficult to actually accomplish mission because not, it's not in alignment with that core sense of who we are. So I love that, you know, it seems somewhat simplistic, but it's so, so, so critical, especially to help new team members come on board and and a reference for for existing staff as well. Talk to me for a minute about how you guys rolled this out to the team and then how you kind of keep it in everybody's minds. How do you keep it in in the culture, so to speak, regularly? That's a great question. And and actually, Jenny, you were a huge influence in that. Um, I'm so thankful for my monthly coaching call with you and, and what you can speak into with this culture piece for me. Um, so yeah, we wanted to 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 create the document, but we were worried about it just laying around the office. And so we wanted to make sure that we rolled it out in a way um, and that we were able to put it in the hands of, of the lowest level of volunteer so that they could easily access it and and be and it'd be a point of reference for them constantly no matter what they're doing when they hear something and they're like I, I don't know what that means they could go grab their culture guide find it in their culture guide that type thing so yes we rolled it out to our staff first um, we, we put it together in approximately two weeks maybe three weeks um, because it's in you, uh, you it, it sounds overwhelming but we I kind of had a template. And so once we got started, it, it literally just flowed out of us. We knew what we wanted um, to go into it. And so there, there were quite a few edits from there with our, our leadership team. And then we, it went to print. I had it ready. We rolled it out to the staff and their spouses um, because a lot of the spouses are not on this, the staff. They're, 
they're not on the team, but it's super important that they know the language um, that we use because they're, they're, you know, in some cases they are um, campus pastor spouse uh, or are different areas, but they are looked to, to know, and they are expected to know what North Rock represents, what's, what's important to us. And so it was important that, that they hear it as well as the staff. So we rolled it out to staff and spouses. Um, and then we rolled it out to our higher levels of leadership in a meeting where we brought them together. We fed them. It was an incredible night. It was full of energy. It was a blast. They loved it. Um, and so everybody got the book. I, I, we kind of did an interactive thing with part of it. So it wasn't just us going through 30 pages of material. Um, you know, we had different staff members do different parts of it. Um, and then we are actually in the process of creating a video right now. So we're actually going to put the culture guide on video um, and it's going to be really fun and creative. It'll be broken up into three parts so that we can show just a part of it at one time or all of it um, if necessary. And that, once that is complete, an electronic copy and the video will go down to our um, lower levels of our volunteer team. I love that so much. And I love what you said there too about even enrolling it out. It was like, okay, this is, you know, I mean, part of setting culture is like, that we're excited about talking about who we are. And that's really what it is. It's like, we're not rolling out a manual or a guide, you know, like, I mean, we call it a guide, but it's not like we're rolling out a policy or a manual. We're saying, this is who we are. And we want people to be excited about who we are. And we've gone to the work to really document it and clarify it so that everybody gets a sense of who we are and why we do what we do and how they can align with that. I mean, and that's the thing. I think that as we, as we look at doing this kind of stuff, we've got to make sure as leaders that what I, what I often hear hear from senior leaders when I say we've got to move from culture being caught to taught is that, you know, they feel like it's going to come become bureaucratic and all of a sudden it's going to lose its heart. It doesn't have to lose its heart. Like, and and you're even pointing, you're pulling this out, but one of their, uh, their values, well, you have a a value of fun and then a value of bleed North Rock red. Uh, I'm going to read it. You say, we're just a bit obsessed with the community of faith that is North Rock and doing our part in fulfilling the mission. North Rock's vision guides the decisions we make and the conversations we have. We live it not just when we're on the job, but all the time. And so like even in how you rolled it out, you were living out your values. You were demonstrating that. Yeah. Do you want to speak to that more? So yes, the night we rolled it out to our higher level level leaders, it was evident that they literally bled North Rock Red. Um, and so when, whenever we, we read pieces like Bleed North Rock Red, you know, they started clapping. Um, and so it, it was so great to see our culture in action. They knew, they've heard Bleed North Rock Red so much that they knew exactly what that meant. And so it was great it's great that they see it on paper now and that they got excited about it. So yeah, when we rolled it out, it wasn't like, oh my God, what, what now? You know, it was like, seriously on the, yeah, on the back of the, on the back of the, um, the, the booklet, it says, can you believe we get to do this? And that's truly how they feel. And so whenever we were able to roll it out, you know, they, they just, that's how they felt. I, can you believe we get to do this? Can you believe we get to be a part of this? Um, and so it, it was just really exciting. I would say it, it's built tons of morale for our team. It's been hugely important in the launching of our second campus, and it will be for every campus going forward um, because, you know, it, it's a different location and, and you want to make sure that the people there know what's important. Um, because you're not seeing it. You're not seeing it every week like you're used to once you go multi-site. Um, and so it, it was, it's just been instrumental in, in that. 
Yeah, I love that. I kind of wish I could have been a fly on the wall for that rollout. It'd be fun to just see. But that's the thing. It's like, this doesn't have to be something that feels stuffy and, and bureaucratic. It's like, no, it's just, it's really clarifying who we are. And it's something our teams can get excited about. And honestly, people want the clarity. You know, people who volunteer in our organizations, staff who make decisions to become a part of our, our teams and our organizations, they want to understand who we are. And, and it's also clarifying. We've talked about this before on the podcast, but, you know, the clearer you can be about your culture and defining it like you guys have done and putting so much like actual words on paper about your culture, the cl- more clarifying it is for people who are considering becoming a part of the team, because then they're able to look at it and go, oh, is that actually do I align with those values? Is that something I want to be a part of? And it saves a whole, all of us a whole lot of trouble if people know that on the front end and they, that kind of have that shared expectations of this is what it means to be a part of this team. This is what it looks like when we're here. Yeah, and I would say also it's super important for high-capacity leaders. So if you are wanting to attract and keep high-capacity leaders, they want to know that you know what you're about. Like, you know what's important to you. And if you don't, then they're really probably not going to stick with you. They may stick with you for a little bit. They may kind of hang out on the periphery. Even serving, they may just serve twice a month. But if they can see that, hey, these people are all about it. Like they believe what they're saying. It's super important to them. It's obvious what their values are. They align with what I believe. I'm going all in. Um, and so I, I believe it's been key in us attracting and keeping high capacity leaders. And that right there might be the button on this thing, right? Because I mean, that's what we're looking for is people, high capacity leaders who want to be on mission with us. And, and what you said is exactly right. Like if they understand who we are, it gets, gives them a level of clarity and confidence to run and to do their thing. That's so, so, so huge. I love it. Um, Jennifer, I just thank you for just the intentionality that you've done in defining that and building that out. And one of the things we talk about a lot, you and I have had this conversation, this is, this is round one of your, of your culture guide, right? And I think sometimes we get afraid that we've got to get it all right the first time. Just get something out. Start to get some of these ideas and thoughts on paper. And I mean, obviously don't, you know, be in t- somewhat intentional about it. But, um, you know, I think of Netflix and their culture guide. When I read um, uh, the book about the Netflix culture, it took them 10 years to define the culture that now exists in their culture guide, right? It's not like a, it's not like this is just, you know, you, you just do it and, finish it. It's like, it's a living, breathing document because our organization is growing and changing. And, you know, we want to, we want to be clear and consistent about those values, beliefs, and behaviors that are core to who we are. And then also knowing that there will be some things that will, you know, will continue to adapt. And so there'll be more iterations of the culture guide. And so I always tell people, don't, don't be nervous about just, just get started. Just start with something. So Jennifer, thanks so much for joining us and and doing this podcast with us today. It's just fun to hear somebody who's really practically living it out. Thanks so much for having me. It was a blast. Thank you, Jenny. So good. All right. Well, guys, you know, culture matters significantly and you as a leader hold disproportionate responsibility for shaping culture. And so I just want to encourage you, wherever you are, just take a next step in helping define your culture. It could be that you decide, you know what, I'm just going to start writing out what I think our culture looks like. What do we value? What do we believe? How do we behave when we're at our best? Uh, A great example of this, a great way to do this may be, you know, think of somebody on your team that you're like, oh man, 
that person just reflects our culture so well and start like taking note of what did they do? How do they behave? What are those, those things that they're just valuing that you're like, I wish I could reproduce that, um, you know, dissect what is your senior leader? What do they think? How do they behave? What do they value? You can start just taking inventory of those things that help you start to get it on paper. But I promise you have a better understanding of it than you think. Uh, You just have to start getting it out. So uh, I want to encourage you to um, make sure you check out, we have our culture group that starts here in just like another week, actually. I think registration closes this week on our culture group. And so if you're not registered for that, it's a six-week online course that will walk you through some of the building blocks of just getting your culture clarified and taking those next steps to seeing it implemented with your team. And uh, so you can check that out on the website, getforesight.com. Keep working on it. Keep paying attention to it. It matters. And it's significant. So we're so grateful you joined us. Thanks for listening. And when you share, when you rate, when you review, it all really, really helps for us to get the word out and continue to share the content with others. So when you do that, we're super grateful. So keep leading well and see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Jenny Katrin Leadership Podcast. If you have any questions, please email Jenny at podcast at get the number four site.com. If this content has helped you in any way, we would love for you to share this podcast with your friends and on social networks. Also, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any of the amazing content coming from the Jenny Katrin Leadership Podcast. Your comments mean the world to us, so please rate and leave comments on our podcast. And remember, you need foresight for success. We will see you next time.